Before we get into today's Reddit stories, I first of all need to tell you about one of my other favorite Reddit podcasts out there, The OKOP Show. If you guys are looking for even more daily Reddit content, then The OKOP Show with John and Sam is perfect for you. Just search for the letters OKOP wherever you get your pods. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. What is going on everyone and welcome back to the channel. I hope you're all doing well and welcome to episode 2 in the Kevin and the Big Rig saga. If you didn't catch yesterday's episode, I explained everything. Go and watch and listen to that first if you don't know what I'm talking about. But over the next few days on my channel, I'm going to be showcasing one of the best stories that I've ever seen from r slash stories about Kevin. It's going to be in four or five different parts. And it's an absolute behemoth of a story all about stupid Kevins and trucks. In yesterday's episode, we had an introductory story about a Kevin who didn't even tell OP that they were on probation and then broke the law. And then we were introduced to OP's first ever Kevin that they worked with, new to the job of driving trucks now that kevin is also going to be the focus of today's story so without further ado drop a like on this one if you're excited for it subscribe if you haven't done so already so you keep up to date with all these kevin episodes let's go kevin in a big rig part three frozen first of all some backstory the following takes place about a month after first kevin and i were first paired up if you've read part two of this series, then you have some idea of the kinds of Kevin S things that first Kevin was capable of, and you'd probably be right. But what he did this time resulted in what was the absolute worst night's sleep of my entire life, and the closest I ever came to committing legitimate murder. By this point, I already had Kevin pegged for what he was an incompetent buffoon who shouldn't be allowed near a soapbox car, let alone an 18 wheeler. But worse, in his obviously demented mind, he thought he was the absolute top dog of the trucking world. This is in spite of the dozens of times he would have to wake me up and get him out of another bad situation. However, at the time, I was more of the grin and bear it mentality because I was broke and afraid that any screw-ups or boat rocking on my part would get me fired. But that was about to change. One day, after picking up a load close to the company's home terminal, we received instructions from dispatch to relay the load in the company's drop yard and take the truck sans trailer to a local dealer in town for scheduled maintenance. This was essentially a glorified oil change and lube job with a few other items on the checklist just to make sure the truck was in good shape. This was normally handled by the in-house mechanics, but because of some serious backlogs, they decided to contract it out. The plan, as relayed by dispatch, was for us to drop the loaded trailer in the yard, bobtail to the dealership for a late morning appointment, get the service done, it would take two hours maximum, pick the back up when finished, and continue on to the destination. Easy in, easy out. Unfortunately, Kevin was the driver on duty during the shift in which we were supposed to arrive. 
but in typical kevin fashion he got lost because his infamous system of navigation failed again as a result he wasted half a day backtracking and ran out of drive time leaving me to get us to the terminal drop the load and get to the dealership 15 minutes before they close for the day this meant that since we missed our appointment we'd have to wait until the next morning when they had an opening in the schedule since the opening was first thing that morning and parking at the company terminal was packed I made the call to park the truck outside the dealership for the night We had plenty of fuel and there was a gas station within walking distance where we could get some food The shop told us this was fine. So that was that this happened in around late november slash early december in the midwest The winter had already shown signs of being bad and snow had been falling for weeks already The weather forecast for that night was to dip well below freezing not long after sunset after squaring everything away with the service reps at the shop I turn to kevin look kevin. It's gonna get cold once the sun goes down I'm gonna walk over to the store and grab something to eat tonight. You coming kevin replied. No, I got food I'm gonna see if I can get that bunk outlet to work for a few days He'd been complaining that one of the 12 volt outlets in the bunk section of the cab wasn't working apparently it was a major issue for him even though neither of us had any electronic device other than our cell phones and the bunk had a total of four outlets only one didn't work but trying to tell him that fact only made him upset and made him flex his one week of seniority over me i really didn't feel like arguing so i left him to it i go and buy food for dinner some snacks to have in reserve beverages to hold me over for the night and two packs of cigarettes because smoking was the only thing that could calm my nerves enough to not strangle kevin each time he had to wake me up to help him navigate as i'm heading back the sun goes down and i can see a nearby pond start to freeze i quicken my pace so i can get back to the warm cab as i get to the truck i see kevin in the passenger seat hunched over something i go around to the driver door and jump in For those who don't know trucks meant for long-haul operations have very thick insulation to hold in heat for a very long time this came in handy since that truck had an idle limiting system that wouldn't allow the engine to run for long periods of time sitting at idle if the engine was needed to maintain heating or air conditioning while parked the driver could set a device much like a digital thermostat you set the control for the temperature you want the cab to be Select it to either heat or cool and the engine will start and stop to maintain the temperature much like the central unit of a house Since the cab was well insulated the cab of the truck would stay warm for hours before I left the truck to go to the store I made sure to set the idle control system to maintain a comfortable temperature When I got back, however, I couldn't help but notice it was colder than when i'd left it Much colder. What was strange about that was that the engine was running fine Naturally, I checked the temperature controls on the dash. They were set to full heat and full fan. And that's when it hit me. There was nothing coming from the dash vents. The blower fans were dead quiet. I looked over at Kevin, who I just noticed is poking around with the fuse panel that was hidden behind the rear panel of the glove box. Kevin, why is the heat not working? I don't know. It stopped working when I was checking the fuses. Well, that led me to my second question. Why are you messing with the fuse panel? I was trying to get that outlet to work. As you may know, most vehicles have two fuse or relay panels, one underneath the hood in the engine compartment and another inside. Trucks are the same in that regard, except they have a lot more fuses than the average passenger car. One thing that was stressed heavily during my training was that the fuse panel inside the glove box of the truck was strictly off 
limits. This is because if someone goes about carelessly pulling fuses, looking for a bad one, without first disconnecting the power, it could cause a surge through the panel and short out other circuits. Since the fuses in the glove box controlled vital circuits, such as external lights, dashboard instruments, and engine controls, messing around with them could lead to major issues. Also, the dash blower motor circuit was also fused in that same panel, and Kevin had been messing with it. It's hard to remember what I was feeling at the time. Anger, hate, panic, homicidal rage, all of the above. Oh, frick, I exclaimed as I jumped into the bunk area. I checked the thermostat. It's showing 58 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 14.4 degrees Celsius when it was set to 73 or 22 degrees Celsius. That is far too cold. I checked the vents in the bunk heat controls and turned them full heat and full fan, but sadly, nothing. We were in a truck with no heat and near freezing conditions. To make matters worse, the shop at which we parked was already closed. We were in trouble. I grabbed the truck's computer and sent an urgent message to dispatch, telling them that our heater isn't working and the temperature outside is dropping fast. Kevin is still mumbling about the outlet. We forget about that god dang outlet. We have no heat. Don't you understand that? He said something, but the computer signaled an incoming message. Truck 1234, you have access to your truck, so we can't get you a room. I tell dispatch again that the heater isn't working and it's getting colder by the minute, but they said, Company policy. So that meant we had to stay in the truck. We were screwed. I turn to Kevin and say, close that freaking glove box and don't even think about opening it again. At this point, even he realized he screwed up royally. We were stuck in a cold truck for the night. Neither of us had enough money to afford a hotel room and short of starting a bonfire inside the truck, we were in for a cold, cold night. I quickly eat my dinner and stow my food away. I then dig through all the clothes I had with me, looking for every stitch of warm clothing I had and I layered up as best I could. I ended up wearing two long sleeve t-shirts, a pullover hoodie and car hard jacket with two pairs of jeans, two pairs of socks, heavy duty work boots and two pairs of jersey work gloves with a fleece blanket for cover. The entire night, I don't think I sleep for two consecutive hours. Despite wearing what felt like a week's worth of clothes all at once, the cold air still permeated through. I stayed curled in the fetal position for the entire night, shivering so hard I could feel the entire truck shake. Each time my violent shivering or chattering teeth brought me out of sleep, I'd look at the thermostat control. By midnight, the temperature was well below freezing, and with high winds that had come up, the truck was only getting colder. I can remember feeling disgusted that each time I woke up, I didn't see sunlight. At one point, I honestly believed that I wouldn't survive the night due to hypothermia. Finally, at about 6am, I woke up for the last time and decided to go outside. Not because it was any warmer, but because the gas station I went to the evening before opened at that time and all I wanted was a little heat. I didn't wake Kevin. Honestly, I would not have cared if he was dead for the hell his stupid butt just put me through over a power outlet. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I walked to the store looking like a vagrant with withdrawal symptoms from shivering so much. When I walked into the store after that long, bitter night, I wanted to cry because the heat felt so nice. The cashier gave me a puzzled look, but saw my baseball cap that had my company's logo and let it go. I bought two cups of piping hot coffee and a warm breakfast. I took my time savoring every bit of it. Since the station had a dining area and wasn't busy, I really wasn't in any hurry to get back. I sat in the station for about two hours before I had to head back. The shop opened at eight and I wanted to get the truck in the shop and fixed ASAP. I get a third coffee for the walk back and get over to the shop just as the office is opening. Kevin is waiting outside and sees me holding my coffee. He asked where I got it and I pointed to the gas station. Can I just say at this point, I did actually think that one of the coffees might have been for Kevin and I was secretly hoping that it wouldn't be and that OP was just having two. Now I've heard that OP's had three without giving anything to Kevin. Yeah, I love this. And you can tell that OP is absolutely fuming and rightfully so. The rep opens the door to the office and we go inside. Check in with the desk and hand the truck key to the technician so he can get started. Kevin, who was useless when it came to things like this, went to the lounge area. I made sure to tell the tech about the fan and asked if he could check it out. He said he would. I signed the paperwork and head to the lounge. In the lounge, Kevin looks frustrated. He wanted coffee too and was disappointed to learn that since the shop just opened, the office staff hadn't made any in the lounge yet. Well, walk over to the gas station and get one, I say, try not to snicker. You know I can't walk that far. Why don't you go get me one? He asked indignantly. I should point out that Kevin had a bad leg due to, if you can believe it, a bad car accident. I know, big shocker. At first, I felt bad for him being partially disabled, but by that point, after everything I'd endured because of his stupid butt, I was tempted to damage his good leg so they'd be a match set. Because I signed the truck in, that means I have to be here when it's released. Kevin then goes mad. Well, why didn't you wake me up and ask me if I wanted anything? He demands, almost throwing a tantrum. It was at this point that my tolerance for Kevin glitched. This SOB had put me through a living hell of no sleep, being thrown around the truck like a ragdoll because of his horrible driving, having to take flack for his F-ups, and getting chewed out for late deliveries because he keeps getting lost. Now, he wants me to be his errand boy after nearly causing me to freeze to death? As someone once said, hell to the now now now. I set my coffee on a table and raised to my full height. I had at least one foot and 100 pounds on him. Listen here, you sawed off little female dog, I replied, summoning every last ounce of anger and vinegar in me that wasn't still frozen. Because of your dumbass, I barely slept all night. How the hell we're not dead of hypothermia right now, I have no idea. I put up with your BS for over a month and I'm fed up with it. You are not my supervisor, you are not my lead driver, and you do not tell me what to do. And if I ever catch you messing around with the fuse panel or anything else on that truck again, I will cut your goddamn throat. And at that moment, I meant it. Kevin muttered something, but I told him to shut up and he obliged. <laughs> God. Even after that long, abusive, phenomenal round, you're still telling him to shut up. I mean, again, very deserved, but very funny as well. After a couple of hours, the technician came and told us our truck was ready. Kevin, still without coffee, sulked off the truck while I dealt with the paperwork. I asked the tech about the blower fan and find out it was a blown fuse. Apparently, Kevin pulled the fuse and the resulting arc caused the fuse to blow. 
Since he was an idiot and the fuse panel wasn't labeled, there was no way to know which fuse was blown. He told me to make sure that the next time I needed to check the fuses to disconnect the batteries first. I laughed, signed the papers and went back to the truck. Back in the truck, I send a message to dispatch and tell them we're ready to roll. Kevin had climbed back into the bunk, obviously still sulking. I take the first drive shift of the day so the load can, once again, be back on track. Now, while I wish I could say this was the end of my misadventures with Kevin, it's not. There's more. Yep, it gets even better, folks. And there we go. That is going to do it for this one. Don't worry, though, guys. As OP has said, a lot more to come. That's just part three of this entire story in which there are nine parts. So we're only a third of the way through. So many more stories about this first Kevin in particular to come. Make sure you are subscribed with notifications on so you don't miss any. They're all going to be coming up over the next few days. Now, as for this story in particular, I do just have to say off the bat before we even start talking about kevin op is a legend now the way that you're dealing with this op is exactly the way that i like to think that i would deal with this nothing too crazy as in not going completely mental and doing something you'd later regret when it comes to how you're dealing with and acting with and talking to kevin but at the same time letting him know what an absolute insert swear word here he's being and how that's affecting you i mean that rant was brilliant and then telling him to shut up afterwards just say no i'm not done yet shut up you little rat even better great scenes but yeah you are absolutely right i mean what he did there was extremely dangerous i didn't think about it but of course the thermostat showed 14 degrees celsius at whatever time you went to sleep obviously that's going to drop and drop and drop to, to dangerous levels and yeah of course when you get below freezing i mean enough time exposed to that level of temperature is going to have ramifications and repercussions for your health. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, I mean, legitimately, Kevin could have killed you. I do just kind of think, like, surely at some point, OP has to say, I know, to be fair, though, yeah, OP did say that they don't want to, you know, like, rough anyone's feathers, lose their job, etc., etc. What I'm trying to say is, surely at some point, pretty soon, you'd have to get on the blower to your boss and say, listen, this guy is just not fit at all for the job he's dangerous he's endangering himself me and others because of the truck and him behind the wheel i know you don't want to risk potentially losing your job but do you want to risk potentially losing your life i mean that's what's happened twice now already but yeah as i said we are going to see what happens next in the next six parts of this one so stay tuned but for now wow what a post that was even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.